0: hello this is hope and you're listening to covert castaway welcome to my weekly diary of what i learn and how i cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser should we sell the house or rent it out what if cruising doesn't work out where will we live Oh, I don't want to sell my house. I raised four kids here. This basically sums up the self bargaining I went through, which all came to a head when a for sale sign went up in the front yard one morning after I returned from a business trip. Welcome to Covert Castaway. Today I'll share my process for deciding to sell the house. I am not going to lie. Deciding to sell the house was the most emotional process I've ever gone through. I grew up in complex circumstances that might require a whole other podcast series. I moved 14 times before I graduated high school, which also may be why the vagabond cruising lifestyle is also appealing to the adult version of me. After college, my boyfriend and I got tech jobs, got married, had a couple kids, moved a few times, and landed in a cul-de-sac of my dreams. It was disguised as an overpriced fixer-upper in a sleepy suburban neighborhood outside of San Francisco. But this was a monumental moment. We had arrived. Never before had I fallen in love with the house. My transient state of mind never allowed me to emotionally connect with inanimate objects, but I tend to be a hopeless optimist and I only saw the potential. When we moved in, she was just a hot mess, like a woman well past her prime, but trying to attract a lover maybe by showing a little leg, but barely able to smile with her spanks cutting off blood circulation. She definitely had sex appeal from the curb, but up close, she showed her age. Over the years, we took her through two major facelifts and a full body makeover, and she was transformed into a warrior goddess. I never doubted her through the countless quakes that come with living between four major fault lines. She kept us safe through the threat of floods and a five-alarm fire that burned our next-door neighbor's house down just after their own remodel. Through the holidays and heartbreaks, through personal achievements and major milestones, through terrible accidents, major illnesses and recoveries, all the crisis that comes with divorce and the joy that comes with starting anew, she held us in her arms and created a safe place for us to land. She hosted countless birthday parties and bared the burden of the smells that come with my years of Sunday bacon and my bad habit of burning cookies and beans left on the stove too long. She made room for guests and patiently provided gallons and gallons and gallons of hot water through two teenage boys' showers. She smiled on the outside when fights broke out inside, making sure to keep appearances while the tears and apologies settled in. And she never came unhinged when doors slammed or when the house shook with bass during the covert beer pong parties while the adults were away. As the graduations commenced and children moved out, their bedrooms transformed into offices and yoga rooms, collecting dust and bric-a-brac. Now with only half a kid at home, because we share her with her mother, we face the heartbreaking decision to let the house go. It can become the dream house of a whole new family, and the cycle can start over. What happened with the house at that time was so jarring, because while we have been planning our sailing sabbatical, It's been a couple of years we've been in the planning process. It's easy to make an abstraction of the life changes that will happen. When you're out on a sailing trip or studying the internet or watching videos, the whole affair seems just so far away. Even when we went to visit the factory and sign the broker's paperwork, it was something detached from our everyday life. But the for sale sign on the house punched me in the stomach and left me breathless. My personal feelings of this kind of change all aside... It forces us to face the absurdity of this dream, like looking in a mirror with a clown suit on. Now I have to explain to my neighbors that I'm selling all my belongings and living on a boat. Or maybe I should just simply say, we're downsizing and renting for a while, which is eventually what I told them. Telling the kids was a whole other matter. We've slowly began revealing our plans to them, dropping small crumbs and cookies. None of them share our passion for the water. We found that out early when we put all four of them on a small boat for a weekend trip when my husband and I were first dating. After the barfing and the crying and the bickering, they swore they would never do it again, which was fine with us because then we didn't have to admit to them that we shared their philosophy on this matter. My hat goes off to families who live on boats together. For us, as a blended family, we barely made it out alive. When I told my now 24-year-old, we told her about exotic places like the Greek islands and Ibiza, which she was all over, and then she agreed she would come and visit and bring her posse of girlfriends from work. My son was a bit different. Now, mind you, he's prone to seasickness and has always had a pretty weak stomach. His first question when I told him our plans to live on a boat and sail the ocean was, Mom, aren't you afraid of getting eaten by a megalodon?" He's 21 and a junior still at UC. He's of the Sharknado generation and an avid consumer of internet mythology. I said, first of all, Megalodon is extinct. And he said, well, how do you know? Do you have proof? Okay, buddy, you got me there. Then I said, look, I would rather die getting eaten by a shark than dying of a heart attack behind a computer screen. He looked at me for a moment and he said, yeah, that would definitely be a much better story at your funeral. Then he moved on to the next topic. He's since revealed to me that he secretly hopes I fail, which after calmly asking him why he felt this way, I realized it's his way of telling me he's worried and just doesn't like the idea that I won't be sitting at home waiting for him to call. My husband's son went to college as well and has taken the approach of, I'm going to be off on my own now. So that's fine for now. His daughter is considering joining us for the first season, which would be awesome because of all of them, she enjoys sailing the most. And truthfully, she's an absolute joy to be around. But don't tell the other three I said that. My sister gets it, but I can't stand the guilt I feel for leaving her and my niece and nephew, who are still preschool age. The big sister in me tells me to stay and help her like she did for me when I had small kids, but I know she wants me to pursue this goal. She claims to enjoy living vicariously from afar, so I'm happy to help her in that way, I suppose. And she loves to travel, so I hope is she'll come visit. Although she gets pretty seasick just looking at a dock, so I'm not sure yet, you know, how to overcome that. My niece and nephew think it's cool and had a ball when we rolled up at the yacht club in the city to meet them one Christmas morning bringing gifts. Ever since then, my nephew wants to live on a boat now, too. My mom's a whole other issue, but I try to remember she's also of a whole other generation. She sent me a text recently And she said that I was sorry that I had to give up my house. And she wouldn't be disappointed in me if I changed my mind. I, of course, wanted to scream at her insinuation that I was following the dreams of my husband, not my own. But parents, like children, teach us the true meaning of unconditional love. My husband's parents we told when we went to visit them last summer in Europe. As he told them in their native language, I sat and smiled. They asked questions like, how will we live and what will happen when we come back? And I just sat and continued to smile, fighting the embarrassment of not having all the answers, an attribute that normally I take great pride in. He explained we had been saving and have enough money to live on for a while, but not forever. They live in a country with a very different approach to retirement and healthcare, so they just want to be sure we had a good backup plan if things didn't work out. And this is our worst case scenario. The boat sinks and we're penniless. We could eventually move to Europe Get jobs in a local florist or bakery and live a happy life with affordable health care and make our kids come visit us. This is not the worst idea in the world. Telling my ex-husband was actually more entertaining than anything else. He's the definition of a land-based homebody and never much enjoyed traveling, vacations, or any unexpected change, which partially explains our incompatibility as a married couple. I adore him as the father of my children. He's a wonderful man, and I don't regret anything about our nearly 20 years together. Let me be clear about that. When I told him of our sailing plans, he asked where I was going to live. I told him, no, we're going to live on the boat. And he said, no, no, but where will you be based? Where's your house? And I said, no, the boat is our house, and we'll be moving on it, so we're based wherever the boat is. And then he said, but where will you live? I laughed and told him he was probably in denial and it would eventually sink in what I was telling him. He really wanted me to keep the house, which I understand. We originally bought it and remodeled it together, so like me, he has a connection with the house too. I bought him out, but I think he still thinks that the house is ours. He suggested I rent it out, which I did consider for quite some time. Actually, renting the house sounds all well and good. But once the math is done and the bills are paid, the net return is about the same as I would get, living off interest maybe a bit more. After considering all the options and reading a dozen books on real estate as rental income and the tax consequences that come from converting the property to rental versus capital gains and all of that, the, the choices just got easier. The real estate market in our area has been very good over the years. We're a walking distance from blue ribbon public schools in a sleepy town where everyone knows their neighbors. But all things being equal, without our boat plan, Would we choose to live here once the kids are gone? And the answer is really no. We would want to live somewhere closer to water and somewhere a bit warmer. As a young adult, I never understood why people moved to Florida. Now, as I'm over 50, I'm chronically cold, and I totally understand why that sounds like such a great idea. Anyway, purchasing an investment property is still sort of in the mix, but renting out the house just was no longer viable. So... The logic of selling the house is sound. It's just emotionally difficult for me and those around me. My ex-husband, who considers it ours, my children and stepchildren who grew up in the house, and myself, the only real home I've ever known my whole life. My husband doesn't share these same emotional anchors, but he's an engineer, so things are pretty black and white to him. As a recovering offshore racer, he has the most clear idea of truly what we're in for. I'm still a novice sailor, at least I consider myself so. And I'm comfortable staring at the coastline. But my point is that he can see the house decision for what it is. A chapter coming to an end and a new one to be written. Thankfully, through all of this, he has been my compass and has helped me through this process of separation with the house. He's held me close and listened to my mental gyrations without pressure or judgment, just providing objective empathy and deep compassion for a decision that only I can make. Every single cell in my body is resisting the decision to leave the house as they are also simultaneously drawing me to the ocean. The transition is painful, not the future and not where I'm going. So on the day the for sale sign went up, the house was filled with someone else's furniture, gussied up by the stagers and showing a little leg. This time not tired from a barstool, but graceful from a throne. I know her every asset and flaw like I know myself. She's endured and transformed and stands on her own in full glory, ready to embrace the next adventure. She will face new triumphs and heartbreaks, milestones and meltdowns, and is renewed and ready for the future, just like me. So this is my lesson in getting over the hump on selling the house that took me about a year to come to terms with. You can focus on the past or you can focus on the future but whatever it is you focus on, it gets bigger. I just wasn't looking in the right direction for a very long time. What about you? What did you learn when you went through the process of selling your house? And what are you learning now on your own journey? Please visit the Covert Castaway episode page or the Facebook page and give me some thoughts on what you think or advice on what you want to see in the next episode. Thank you for listening if you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair wins for now.